0: Now y'all get to hear the voice that my wife hears every day. <laughs> like, for real. The, the, it happened, like, the, the same thing happened during the first service, and I was sharing with the first service, the 9 o'clock service, that when I grew up, when we had sound problems. The, the sound people would blame it on the devil. And now since I'm older, I realize that Brother Jenkins was just late to church, You all actually have amazing sound engineers and an amazing worship team. Can we celebrate those that serve today? And, 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 and as a pastor now, uh, I realize that there's so many other aspects to the function of the local church. There's kids ministry and youth ministry and helps ministry and ushers and greeters. So, so y- y'all going to clap a lot today, just so you know. So I love honoring. And so can you also honor your volunteers or your dream team or whatever term you... <clears throat> and, then, and then last but not least, I want you to honor your senior pastor, Pastor David, and his awesome wife, Wife, Miss Kelly. Because here's the thing. Before you clap, before you clap, I, I appreciate. Way to be early. Way to be early. Here's what I've learned. Is uh, this is my 21st year of ministry. I'm only 27. See, Dad, just making sure you're on the front row. Uh, I, I've been in ministry for 21 years. I started off uh, just serving. And giving up my time, and the Lord blessed me to be a staff member of a local church. I I went from just a staff member to associate pastor to executive pastor. Now I have an opportunity to sit in the seat as as a senior pastor. And let me just say this. I don't want to hurt anyone's feeling or offend, but the seat of your senior leaders is more intense than what you think. I have more appreciation for my pastor today Than I ever did. Because when I was just a staff member or attending the church, I had a lot of things that we should do differently. (laughs) And now, since I'm the senior pastor, I realize why Jesus left his disciples to themselves and he went to pray with the Father alone. (laughs) I just need a minute with you, Dad. And so, if you don't mind, you have great great leaders. You have a great pastor. You have a great leadership family. Can you do me a favor? He's not, he's not here. But can you honor Pastor David and Miss Kelly real quick? Come on. We honor you wherever you are. We honor you. I, t- I told Pastor David, we, d- we have met, just so you know. We, we, we have met, we met earlier, and uh, I, I, sh- I shared with him that the Lord put a burden on my heart for relentless church, and uh, I don't want you to view me as a, a guest speaker today, because if I'm a guest speaker, you can choose whether you like me or not. You've had guests come over the last six weeks, and if we're not careful, you can say, oh, man, I really love that person. That person, eh, not really my style. I just want you to know, uh, that's not me this morning. I have a word from the Lord for you. And how you grab hold of the word of the Lord, is uh, you either let it go to the wayside, like Mark chapter 4 says, and the enemy will steal it right away, or you'll listen to what the Spirit of God has to say to you. I have one assignment today. It's not to entertain you. I love to laugh. We're going to laugh a little bit. I'm going to be passionate about Jesus because Jesus is passionate about us. But I need you to push aside the fact that you have a guest speaker, and I want you to hear what the Lord has to say to you. My assignment today is not to preach some sort of message that makes you feel good. I'm here to build this church. I share with your pastor that the word that the, that the Lord gave me is so that when he comes back from sabbatical, he grabs the baton and takes it wherever the Lord has him ready to go. And so I need you over the next few minutes. I'm not a guest speaker. I'm actually a part of your family. I need you to lean in. This is what we say at our church, City Place Church back home. I need you to lean in level 10. Remove the distractions, put your phone on silent, put it in airplane mode if you have to. Because I want you to grab hold of what the word of the Lord has to say to you today. Are you with me? I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to be loud because I realized coming out of a pandemic that Jesus was the most important thing that I ever had in my life. And I put so many things in front of Jesus, trying to grow a church, trying to lead people, that I forgot about the main thing. And this morning, I want us to take a ride. My wife and I, we spent 10 years in Wilson, North Carolina. Got some Wilson family here. And uh, when you live in Florida and you're in service, you don't get the same love that you do like you do in North Carolina. So is it okay if I just give you a couple of Wilson church moves? <laughs> is that all right? I know y'all not in Wilson. This is North Carolina. I feel like it just kind of flows all the way around. So this is really easy. Can you just say amen? amen. Now now this one's a little Wilson. Can you say blessing, brother? Bless him. <laughs> Boom! There you go. Like, like I love, I love. Me some Southern Talk Back. Yeah. And, 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 and and in Orlando, we have amusement parks. We have so many. We've got, we've got Disney Universal. We've got Fun Spot, Legoland, and each one of them has a roller coaster. Yeah. And I tell people when you come to church, you should ride a roller coaster. Yeah. Because Jesus is exciting, Jesus is fun. And so I want you to take part in what Jesus wants to say to you today. So if Jesus says something to you, that and I know he will, you can can say amen, bless him, brother, or you can just freestyle it. (laughs) Whatever you want to do, but we're going to have a great time in church. Are you ready? Are you expecting? Here's one thing that I learned about Scripture. Where there's great faith, there's also a great encounter. Let your faith rise high, because I know what the Lord wants to do. At the end of our service, there's going to be a ministry opportunity for you. And I want to make sure that your heart is ready to respond. That's the reason why I am not a guest speaker. I am delivering to you a package from the Father. There you go. Let's get ready. Before I do that, I want to introduce you to my family. My wife, she's here today. This is my family. My family. Yeah. Yes, that's my wife, Taisha. We've been married for 20 years next next March. My oldest son, who is almost my height, his name is David. My youngest son, Noah, right there, looking real suave. That is 100% me, right there, is Noah. Be glad he is not here and in kids' church. He will try to take over and be funny. Yes, but if, if you're ready, I want you to open up your Bibles to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. I want you to get your heart ready for what the Lord's going to say. Pastor David actually told me this. He said, uh, Damon, in the second service, you can preach as long as you want. But people will leave in about 35 to 40 minutes. He didn't really say that. He didn't really say that. He didn't really say that. I was thinking about Relentless Church and how I get to spend this weekend with you. And I was thinking about who God created us to be. I'm just throwing myself in your family. And I'm thinking about the vision that God gave Pastor David and Miss Kelly for our church. That we are a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. It's who we are. And as I was preparing, the Holy Spirit just kept me moving in this verse. I was reading Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to preach it out of its context. Because in Revelation chapter 3, it starts off by saying this. It starts off by saying to the church of Sardis, you look real good, and your name is good, but there are some things in your life that's dying. When it gets to verse 2, you can put that back up there. When it gets to verse 2 in Revelations chapter 3, it says, Be constantly alert and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die. Verse 1, it says there's some things that's dying. When you get to verse 2, it says strengthen the things that remain that were about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. There were some things that were about to die that you thought was dying that God said, wait a second, I'm not done yet. I'm going to be loud and passionate at all service, so get ready to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> Say what owl. Sorry, cameo song. <laughs> there are things in your life that you thought was dead. I want you to know they're not dead yet. Because what I have started in you, I haven't finished yet. We are a gospel-centered, forever Focused multi-ethnic movement of God. We have lasted through a pandemic. Yeah. And we're still standing. Yeah. My wife and I, we bought a foreclosed home in Orlando, Florida. It was jacked up. It was horrible. And when we got there, it was it's a really nice-looking house. It's just tore up. The lawn was just horrible. And uh, I, am, I don't have a green thumb, but I felt like I knew something about the lawn. I looked at the lawn, it was dead. That's it. But I felt like I needed to just kinda do my family a service and I called someone to come and look at the lawn. So they come and look at the lawn and I meet the guy who's coming to look at the lawn and I tell him this, sir. My lawn is dead. He comes, and he starts looking like this, and he's looking, and I'm trying to, like, tell him the lawn is dead. So he goes, and he's looking, and he's moving, and I say, okay, sir, okay, sir, what are you looking for? The lawn is dead. And he says this to me. He says, I'm looking for a green patch of grass, because if I can find a small patch of grass, I can bring the whole thing back to life. This morning, we're going to focus on this thought because it's found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. It says, be constantly alert, stand guard, pay attention to the fact that you have to strengthen what remains. Because I'm not done with the little patch. Be aware That when God starts something, it's not done until he says it. Can I have my book bag? I got this analogy in my brain. Thinking about the fact that God wants to use the patch. He's not done yet. I felt like some of you, as I was praying for you, Remember, I'm trying to build the house, relentless church. I'm building the house, but God wants to build you. As I'm praying for this church, which I'm a part of, just so you know. I felt like some of you walked in here today. This is why I said be ready for the end of the service. I felt like some of you walked in here today almost on the verge of giving up on what you feel like you lost. Loss of a family member. Loss of a dream, threatening of a job, kids far away from God, family member, uh, spouse arguments, relationship on the verge of being torn apart. I don't know what it is, but I know that in your life there is a piece of grass. He's not done completing yet. And I'm asking you this morning to give him the patch. See, sometimes we come to church and we leave the baggage at home. We leave our situation at home. We leave the pain at home and we come to church and we do the religious thing from 11 o'clock to as Pastor David gave me permission to just stay here all day, but you're going to leave in 30 to 40 minutes. And so uh, we come to church and, and, and we do something religious, three songs. Pastor David, please tickle my tummy. I want to be motivated this week, and then I'm going to go throughout the week, and I'm going to listen to my podcast, and what happens is the baggage stays with us. And this morning, I'd like to give you permission to bring your baggage to church. The reason why I want you to bring your baggage to church is because I need the baggage to be aware that there's still something in your life that God is going to breathe on before you leave. Y'all better get ready. Y'all better get ready. Pastor David already heard me preach, and he was like, go for it. And I was like, if you give me the green light, we might break something. Don't know what you walked in here with. You are in the right place. Please do not do a religious routine today. Jesus is not about religion. He is 100% focused on relationship, and I'm asking you, relentless church, to strengthen what remains. I looked up the fact and spent time in the fact that we are a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. I hope we realize that when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, not the building, The church of Jesus Christ, it literally says this in Scripture, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You as an individual, the one entity that hell does not want to see. Gates don't play offense. Have you noticed that? I've never been chased by a gate. Gates try to keep you out. So when Jesus says to Peter, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you, he's literally saying that if you grab hold of who I am declaring you to be, hell can't stop you. Relentless church, we are a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. I decided to look up the word relentless And this is what I found out about you. The vision that your pastor has declared about you. It literally means in the dictionary, not easing or slackening, maintaining speed, vigor, unyieldingly severe, strict, or harsh. You are an intense church. You don't bend, you don't waver. Your passion will sustain even when the enemy throws blows. The reason why you are a movement is because you are relentless. It might look like things in your life are dying. Tashana, they're not. Strengthen what remains, the prayer request. That seems like it's been unanswered. Go back to God and say, I am a part of relentless church. And if your word says it, I'm centered by that. I know this moment might try to, be distract, might try to distract my future focus, but it will not because I'm forever focused. We are relentless. Can you say, I am? I am. Relentless. So I'm giving you permission today to identify the patch because he has, and he's going to ask you about it before the service ends. Don't Don't show him the dead grass. Don't say it's all dead. God, no. He's looking for the patch. And while you show him the patch, Give him the bag. Strengthen what remains. On your seat, there are some message notes that you can try to follow along with. Because I changed some things on the way to service today. And I told the team, I'm sorry. So if you like to fill in the blank, there's something you can fill in. But you might go, where is he going? It's not there. John chapter 10 verse 10 says this. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I read this verse and I love Jesus so much. If this is your first time in church, maybe you're just leaning in. You'll walk with God. The Bible is divided into two halves, the New Testament and the Old Testament. The, the first four books of the, old, the New Testament are the Gospels. This is where we hear about Jesus and his intensity, and he starts talking when you see some red ink. And he says this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's literally saying, let me draw a line in the sand so that you know what's the enemy and what's me. I don't know about you, but there's been a number of times, and I'm a pastor, 21 years, there have been times when I have pointed the finger at God for what the enemy stole from me. Anybody? Am I alone? Am I have you? Anybody else ever point the finger at God? Like, you did this to me. Jesus says, I want you to be clear. There's a thief that comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. But let me be clear about my character. I come to give you life, and to give it to you more abundantly. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could tell each of us that our walk with the Lord would be perfectly smooth and clear. It won't be. Some of you have stories of loss and tragedy, holding on to prayers, things that you walked in here with that you now have permission to bring, that you go, oh, I wouldn't want to put it on anyone else. But can I tell you that there's an enemy who tries to steal from those moments, destroy your life in those moments, and his whole design is to create separation between you and God. So that instead of being gospel centered and forever focused, we stand in our current situation feeling like God won't do what he promised. But at Relentless Church, we are strictly intense. And harsh when it comes to our Jesus. Jesus says, I came to give you life. When the enemy tries to steal, I want you to know that I'm always able to find a little patch of lawn. I looked up the word life there, and it literally means, from it, 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 it's, its original word means zoe. Look at what it means. The state of one who is possessed of vitality, The one who is absolutely full, has fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God, which literally means, Jesus says, the life that I give you deals with your natural life and your spiritual life, and it gives the standards that God has for you, which literally means when you come into relationship with me, you come as you are, and I'll fix you. you. You with me? He says, I give you the fullness of life, everything that you may want, everything that you may consider pursuing, don't do it, find it in me first. That's what he says. He says, life that's real and genuine, a life that's active and vigorous, I don't know if you remember the, the definition of relentless, one of those words was Vigor, Ah, I love preaching, a a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion, even in this world while you're living, and those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be consummated by new ascension to last forever. Jesus says, the life that I give you is gospel-centered, forever focused, and moves until you reach me. He says, the life that I give you will deal with your natural situation and when you spend time with me. He literally says, the life that I give you when you accept me has, has, has to do with heaven, but always de- also deals with you on earth. Can somebody say amen? You're getting a little quiet. Bless him, brother. Amen, Pastor Damon. Whatever I should say, ride the roller coaster. You are a relentless church. And since we are a relentless church, we have to strengthen what remains. Jesus said, I came to give you life, and I came to give it to you more abundantly. And so that led me to believe, well, Jesus, what did you give us at the beginning? So I had to go back to the beginning, the very first book of the Bible, which actually means beginning, in Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 1. You can look on your message notes, and here's what it says in verse 26. It says this in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. Somebody say own his image. So God said, I'm going to create you in my image. So you are created in the very image of God. Let's keep going. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Somebody say blessed. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I read this, and I realized that when God created you and me, He created us with his DNA. We say it like this here, that God has rescued us. And we've been adopted into the family. Isn't that how we say it here? Like God used his own design and his own DNA to form you. When you look at you, you see God. So see, we got to be careful that we don't look in the mirror and be like, oh, my nose is crooked. You are the very image of God himself. You're not God, just so you know. You're not him. But you have his DNA in you. And if you have his DNA in you, then you know that there's something in you that he wants to see fulfilled in you. And So so write this down. Write this down because I don't want to get lost in my thought. Write this down. If, If we know that God created us in his image, in his likeness, I want you to write this down. That you and I have to strengthen ourselves by relentlessly, somebody say, relentlessly, learning for ourselves who we are and whose we are based on the gospel. We have to strengthen ourselves by relentlessly learning for ourselves who we are and whose we are. Based on the gospel. Why? Because we are a relentless church. We are gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. And so we have to strengthen ourselves. If we're going to strengthen what remains, we have to strengthen ourselves by learning for ourselves in a relentless way whose we are and whose we are. And Genesis chapter 1 tells us that we are created in God's image, in his likeness. But then this is the thing. He could have said, you look like me. (laughs) He didn't stop there. He actually said, you know what? Let's do this. We spoke the light. We spoke the day. We spoke the night. We spoke the water. Animals are there. Let's take our time with them. Let's give them a unique design that when they move throughout the earth, they move with Dominion. Somebody say dominion. Dominion. Authority. Somebody say authority. Authority. Let's give them all of us. Let's give them the, the power to when they speak according to the word, that their life has to be aligned with the word. So give them all of us and hold nothing back. So give them dominion. Bless them. The word blessed there means to empower, to prosper at the rate that God designed. If you feel like you're void of something, you have to go back to whose you are and who you are. I've missed it so many times trying to do what Damon wants to do, not realizing that I am his design, rescued and adopted. Breathe. So they form and then the Bible says they breathed very life of themselves into us and man became a living being. The Zoe of God, the vigor, the vitality, the animate, per, animated personality rose in you even when it doesn't look like anything remains. It's in you. So we have to strengthen for ourselves by relentlessly encouraging Ourself because of who we are and whose we are. I, 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 I wrote down some declarations. Y'all okay? Like Because I realize you and I don't really know who we are until we know whose we are. You don't know who you are until you know what he said about you. So I'm going to veer off script real quick, veer off my notes real fast, because I feel like just in this moment, I feel like the Lord dropped me an encouragement for someone in here who you've been struggling with your confidence about yourself. I don't know who you are, but you've brought down the level of how God made you to listen to the lies of those around you. I don't know who you are. I don't know if it's family. For someone in this room, it's been generational. It started off when you were a kid, and you've believed the lie. For some of you, it's even in your current home. It needs to change, and it's going to change today. Thank you for being vulnerable and bringing that to church. The Lord had me pause in the middle of service. This is how amazing God is, to encourage you, to let you know that he's heard your cry and that he's real. Whenever God pauses something in the middle of something that is taking one area and he shifts it, he heard you. That is to prove to you, don't know who you are, you can come to me at the end of service if you choose. It's totally fine, you can go to a leader in this church. But it's to prove to you that when you didn't think he was listening, in this moment, he's strengthening what remains in you. We're going to strengthen for ourselves by relentlessly learning for ourselves whose we are and whose we are, who we are and whose we are based on what the gospel says. I, I wrote down a couple of declarations, and I don't know if they're in your notes or not. They may or may not be. I'm, I, I just want to read one that, that, that stood out to me. It says this, I am created, formed, and equipped in the image and likeness of God. Like, I was thinking about that as I was thinking about you, that God created you. Formed you and equipped you in his image and his likeness. There's a verse that proves it. Psalms 139 verse 14. David says this. He says, watch. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. David said, I realized something about you, God. That when you created me, you did a very good job. He says, he says, he says, and now my soul recognizes what you did and how you created me. You didn't create me weak. You created me. Look at what it means when it looks up wonderfully made. I wrote down wonderfully made. It means to be distinct, marked out, separated, distinguished. Ah, you find one. Ah, you get better with age. You are a Lamborghini. See, when God created you, he created you with his DNA. There is no defects. There is nothing broken and nothing missing. But John chapter 10 lets us know that the enemy will try to create dead patches around, which is hard to find. The patch that God says, I'm not done yet, it's not complete in my sight yet, so pay attention, stay alert because I want to strengthen what remains. You are the very image of God. In your, in your greatest moment of disappointment, He sees you and goes, oh, they are so beautiful. If they will just accept the life that I give them when they accept me, they'll realize the place where they continue to fall. I deal with that. I'll deal with every broken place. I'll deal with their dreams. If they will just know who they are and whose they are, then they'll realize that they're distinguished. David said, my soul has been convinced. Nobody will be able to tell me different. I'm created by you. I, I wrote this down, and, and it's on a sheet of paper. It's on your sheet of paper. I, I wrote this down about you because I was thinking about the fact that we are a relentless church, <laughs> gospel-centered, forever-focused, ah, multi-ethnic movement of God. I thought about this. Watch this, that you and I are personally God's unique masterpiece upon which he makes no mistakes you and I are empowered by his spirit to impact the surroundings by which we live for his purpose and you and I have been rescued and adopted and we get the honor to be in his family and that led me to believe that if I'm to strengthen myself by relentlessly learning for myself who I am and whose I am based on the gospel if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I'm starting to realize who I am, then when the moment of life comes where the enemy tries to steal from me, I thought about this, and you can write this down that you and I have to strengthen ourselves by relentlessly encouraging and forever focusing ourselves in the Lord. I, I, I don't know if you, you're catching the rhythm of, of the message. I'm preaching back to you what Pastor David and Miss Kelly have been declaring over you. Like, sometimes the vision for where we are has to ruminate until you get tired of hearing it. They say, they say that companies get the vision when they look at the leader of, of the company and go, can you please stop talking about the vision? That's when you know that they're starting to get the vision. See, my assignment today was not to preach a tickle-tummy message, was to build the house of who we are. We are relentless. Knowing that, we have to strengthen ourselves by relentlessly encouraging and forever focusing ourselves in the Lord. I don't know about you, but there are times when I forget about the fact There's this verse in Scripture that says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, watch this, until the day of Jesus' return. If Jesus started it here, if the Father started it here, there is a commitment from the Father that says, I am going to work to complete it. Until Jesus returns. Jesus' strategy has always been forever focused. If you read Scripture, Jesus dies, comes back from the grave. He could have been like, I'm out. He says, I just want you to know I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. The Holy Spirit's coming. And it's to your benefit that he comes. Always, forever focused. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve sins, several chapters later, he looks at the enemy and goes, there's one who will come, who will crush your head with his heel. He was always thinking, forever focused. So when we hear that we are a relentless church, this is not situational. We are forever Focused. We are relentless. I strengthen myself by relentlessly learning for myself who I am and whose I am. You told me who I am in Genesis chapter 1. David said, Psalms 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So there'll be a season of my life where I need to strengthen myself by relentlessly encouraging myself in the Lord. I had to do a little bit more research about David because David said that in Psalms 139. But David, do you have a practical example of when you did this? Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Context as we get ready to close. David went out to battle with his men. They go out to battle when they come back. They find that the enemy has raided their camp, taken their stuff, taken their family. The men who David is le- who who he's leading, Look at him and go, We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. We've lost everything, and you're gonna pay the price. We don't have anything left to build on. The whole lawn has died, David, and it's your fault. I don't know about you, I've been guilty of having life moments thrown at me, and I blame leaders. I don't know if you've ever been there where you're giving to the church and maybe your time is starting to become less because you've been serving more and you just go, I ain't got no more time because I'm... Or maybe you start, you start tithing, you start trusting God with your finances and all of a sudden something comes and you go, well, I'm not, if I wouldn't have done... Or maybe you d- decide to give your life to the Lord and all of a sudden it seems like Hades is knocking at your front door and, Nothing changed, but something got crazy when I said this to Jesus. I have, I have people who, who've gotten saved in our church, and they, they'll say something like, I felt like it was easy when I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. The reason why is because when you're just living life, the bar to get to Jesus might feel like it's this sometimes. It's really low. But the relational bar to Jesus is here. So you have to strengthen yourself. So, David, this is what the Bible says. It says that David, um, I don't know if y'all ever read, y'all, anybody ever read the story of David and Goliath? You know, he killed the giant with a stone. The men turn on David. I don't know if they forgot who David was. David was a killer. I don't know if my first thought is going to be to go to David and be like, you want some of this? I might rethink it. David, if he kills you, like you read the stories, like David kills people and then like he just grabs their head and like walks back into the tent and be like, yo, I did that. I'm going to go get some, uh, some Snickers. Like that's what David would do. David doesn't reach for anything in the natural. The Bible says that David starts to strengthen himself in the Lord. Can you imagine David stepping back and going, my soul knows very well that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me to lie down in green pastures. You leadeth me beside still waters. You anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows because of you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I commit... To walk with you every day of my life. Psalms 23. So you know what? Men. Men. It's not over yet. Let me encourage you. God's not finished yet. When you read the rest of the story, the Bible says that David goes to God. He says, God, listen. I got men who are disappointed. Can we go get what the enemy took? And if we go, will we recover all? God says, hey, I just want you to know that everything you thought was gone is not. This is paraphrased just so you know. It won't read like this in Scripture. He says, I want you to know that there's a little bit of patch left. Grab your men that were just ready to throw in the towel. Let them know that I got a little something extra to work with. Because I'm going to strengthen what remains. And the Bible says, God says, go, pursue, Recover all because you'll win. Read the rest of the story. They win. As the team comes, this is where we have to decide if we're going to allow God to strengthen what remains. God wants to deal with our issue. What can you give God this morning that he can work with? Because God wants to strengthen what remains. I realize, can y'all handle one more Bible story? I realize that there's one more aspect that we need to strengthen. I shared with the 9 a.m. service that as a pastor, sometimes I've, I've, I've done the wrong thing when it comes to communicating the gospel to our church. Sometimes I've lowered the bar to make it easy. Feel good messages that make us feel good, but they don't change us. And there's this bar that Jesus has set not of works and rules, but of relationship. And he has this bar high because he says things in Scripture like, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. He says, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Like, so there's this bar that requires all. And I was thinking about this one last point. Strengthening our pursuit in a relentless way for Jesus and Jesus alone. There's one more scripture that I want to read to you. It's a story, and I found that it was perfect for a relentless church. We have to strengthen our relentless pursuit of Jesus. We can't play games with Jesus anymore. We can't, we can't go... It's easy to get to him. No, it's all about relationship. Forever focused. I'm with you forever, Jesus. No matter what, you got me at hello. Listen to this verse, Mark chapter 5. It says this. It says in verse 25, a certain woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years... And had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, she came and pressed behind him and touched his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch but his clothes, I'll be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, somebody say immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out from him, turned around about in the press and said, who touched me? And his disciples said unto him, uh, you see these people around you and you say, who touched me? And looking around to see her and what she had done, but the woman fearing and chibbling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him. And told him all the truth, and he said unto her daughter, "Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace, and behold of thy plague." This woman, the Bible says, had an issue for 12 years. She had no money, she had gone to every doctor. The only thing that she had left was this opportunity of what would happen if I got to Jesus. I wonder. What would happen if I extended my faith to encounter Him? Oh, if I would just strengthen my pursuit, I wonder what the outcome would be. O'Neill, can I borrow you real quick? John, can I borrow you real quick? I, I, I saw this in my head, and I saw it for you, Relentless. I saw it for you. Because in Scripture, it doesn't tell us how far she came. It doesn't tell us if she came from Cary to here or if she came from Fuquay to here, Winston-Salem to here, or from Orlando to meet Jesus. All we know is that she was so intense and relentless in her pursuit to get to Jesus that she was willing to use whatever piece of lawn she had left and found that energy, that strength, that if it was going to die, it wasn't dead yet. Because she knew within her that God hasn't finished yet. So she says within herself, if my grass is just faith, my faith says he doesn't even have to talk to me. But I'm going to be so relentless in my pursuit that when I touch him, something's going to change in me. So so, so, can you imagine? Getting here is nine hours on the road. We don't know, but can we just go there? Can you imagine? 20 miles in. They didn't have an airplane in biblical days. So let's not discount the power of the story. Can you imagine? Bleeding out. She's not healed yet. So please don't desensitize the power of the story. This woman says, I don't know how much I have left. I've given all my money, I don't have money. So all I've got is a little bit of faith. Y'all gonna have to ride the roller coaster because God's about to minister to you. Please don't miss, please don't miss, please don't miss everybody at Relentless Church. Can you imagine the desperation of the pain if the only thing that I have left is Jesus. He's gonna get what remains. Oh, I can imagine her trying to push hour after hour, minute after minute, only to get there. Jesus is standing by to run into yet another obstacle. She could have said, I came this far for nothing. You could say this morning, you came to church I've been coming every week, Pastor, and nothing's changed. Or you can say, what with what I have left, on this Sunday of the last Sunday of July, Jesus has full authority to strengthen what remains. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. I've been rescued and I've been adopted. I am a part of a relentless church and we never give up. We are severe. Oh, relentless. Please get this. Oh. We are a part of a relentless church. And if my pastor's been declaring it, it's for me. If Pastor David and Miss Kelly have been declaring it, they've been talking about it in kids' church, it's for me. So my healing, I'm gonna get, I can see her getting. some people don't know why she's hanging on. She's only got a little bit that's remaining. She said, if I can get to Jesus, I'm gonna get mine. Pushing past. Can you imagine the people walking? They're not as desperate as she is. The disciple said, everybody's touching you. No, no, no. There's a relentless pursuit that pulls something different from me. That's found in Garner, North Carolina. I can see her saying, you don't want him bad enough. Uh, uh. I don't know if I'm going to make it there. (laughs) I've come so far. I've been holding on after the loss of my spouse. I've been holding on after the loss of my child. I've been holding on by a thread for our marriage, for my dreams, for my prayer. But with what I have remaining, all I got to do is get to him. You don't want him bad enough, but I do. And the Bible says, And when she touched Jesus, she pulled something out of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus looks and says, somebody touched me so bad that virtue left me. It wasn't just another normal miracle that we read about. Her pursuit was so intense that when she touched Jesus, something was stripped from him taken from him everybody was around him but her pursuit was different than everybody else relentless church please be different than everybody else we're relentless we're vigorous we're strong look at what look at what thank you guys what virtue means strength power inherent power Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. Power for performing miracles. Moral power. Excellence of soul and power. Riches and wealth. I love this one. The power and resource arising from numbers. Power consisting in and resting upon armies. When she touched Jesus... Jesus literally restored her to who she was and who she was. Will you stand to your feet? You came in this building today and maybe you have some baggage. Today's the day where you give it to Jesus. Will you bow your head close your eyes? I am over my time by a lot this service (laughs) you brought some baggage in here today don't know what it is hurt, pain, waiting for a dream I want you to give it to the Father if you say, Damon I've been carrying some things that I haven't been able to let go but I want to give God the patch of grass so he can strengthen what remains if that's you, will you just raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it I see it all over the place. Let me pray for you. Keep your hands up, Father. I just thank you right now that you are strengthening what remains. The thing that seems lost is still present. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're doing a work where, where they know who they are and whose they are. I just pray, Father, that they'll strengthen themselves by encouraging themselves in the Lord their God. I think that they'll strengthen their pursuit in you like never before because they are relentless church gospel centered forever focused multi-ethnic movement of god in jesus name head bowed eye closed you walked in here and you don't have a relationship with jesus i don't want to extend the time too long at the end of our service we're celebrating baptisms the first step is walking into a relationship with god this church has been praying for you now you know what you walked into You say, Damon, I need a relationship with Jesus, or I'm ready to walk after him for real. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. I'm walking in relationship with Jesus. I want to meet him. The Bible says that Jesus died and rose again, so that you may have life, Zoe. It also says in Scripture that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, he comes and lives on the inside of you. So with every person here that's a part of Relentless Church, will you say this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus. Come on, everybody. Say, Dear Jesus. Today I come to you in need of you. I acknowledge that you died for me and that you rose again. And on this day, I accept you freely as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to get ready to worship. Pastor Raphael is going to be up front for those of you that want to be baptized. In Jesus' name.